What's the time, Mr. Fox? Uh, well, the only time that matters is that it's 8.30 a.m. <laughs> I don't know what your problem was. It's like, you know, there, it, it, it's not as if in England you have some, you know, kind of control over the time or anything. It's like <laughs> the time that matters is where I am in the United States, you know. And uh, I don't know why why 8.30 is, is not, is not you know, it's not 8.30, whatever that time is for you. But don't you know, John, time began in England. We we have a line running through Greenwich Park to prove it. Oh, really? Is it actually printed and painted on the on the on the ground somewhere? I oh, no, no. If you go to Greenwich Park, um, where obviously Greenwich Mean Time comes from, uh, through the park, there's a, wherever you are, there is a brass line in the ground showing you where the the uh, GMT line is. Oh my God, Scotty! Now I know why they call it Greenwich Mean Time because it's time for you to be mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't mean to you. I was just sat here honestly working and you said, where am I? And I said, I'm at my desk where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> okay. And I have other more important people to speak to. Right now. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> well, it's been an eventful week. I mean, not only did you, I guess, when did you guys make the switch back to uh, to, to actual GMT instead of whatever daylight savings? GMT plus one, minus one, five, five. I have no idea. We are we are now on GMT zero. Okay, big bunch of zeros here. Um, yeah, that's why there was confusion. I don't just I didn't just forget the time. No, I know. <laughs> it's but when do you, you guys change at some point, don't you? Yes, and then I'm pissed off that the rest of the world does not decide to sync with us. Okay, so help me. Every year I have to go through this. When do you change uh, your daylight saving? Uh, you know, I have no idea. Sometime in the in the fall, it's fall behind and spring ahead, something like that. I never know. I just depend on 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 the newspaper i used to watch you know the new york times would have something in the bottom right corner with a a clock with a hand going backwards or forwards to reminding you to adjust your clocks see we make it very easy in this country it's the last sunday it's the i was changed on the saturday sunday night and it's the last one of those that appears in October for going back and March for going forward now does that change does that mean that that at pubs you get like an extra hour or less of an hour uh, no, because it happens at three a.m. Ah, okay. So I guess I guess officially, if you were a nightclub with a, a three a.m. license, when it hit three a.m. and became two a.m., um, you could stay up at another hour. Yeah, hmm. interesting. So, but do we really care? No, we don't really care. But you know what we do care about? The Giants won. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Now, here's the stupid things. Like I've always wondered about this. I'm, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I like the spectacle of the of the so-called World Series. And even when I was a kid, it's like World Series. Is there any team outside of of North of, of of the United States? And then somebody helpfully pointed out, well, there's the the Toronto and Montreal teams. Like, yeah, okay. which we all know if you put the U.S. and Canada together, that is the world. It is the world. But nonetheless, I don't know what what's the what's the rest of us called. Oh, I know. We come into that other country called the rest of the world. Exactly, the rest of the world. How do you spell that? T h e r r e s t a. The resta, the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I I live in in the sunny, perfect San Francisco in a, in a neighborhood called the Mission, which was quite active last night because the Giants won the World Series, and this is like the third time in the last five years. So we have a very winning baseball franchise these days. And one of the things that people have said about it is that, you know, compared to other teams at different, at different times, it is the most cohesive team that, that just, you know, because they weren't even supposed to be in the World Series. And they played quite a, a good series of games. Kansas City, who they were playing against, also.
also played well. But I think I, w- I would when I was watching with somebody, somebody did point out, and I, I do have to agree with them that you know you, you can actually see the type of teamwork in the way that they play, and you know, the expressions on the faces, and a lot of other teams are basically kind of like you know a couple of stars and a couple of of you know whatever people maybe along for the ride. Who, who knows? But that teamwork actually matters, and uh, it, it also made me think because. There was a link that we'll share in the in the show notes, and that uh, Tim Cook finally came out publicly, which I thought was interesting. It is, um, it is interesting, and the fact that it's in Newsweek or sorry, Business Week, isn't it? Yeah. That um, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes um, says that people must think it's interesting, and he's chosen to to write this article, but. You know, should it really be interesting? It shouldn't be interesting. I mean, obviously, it shouldn't. What? What I? But 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 what? As an Apple watcher or something, you know, I think anybody who's at all familiar with Apple probably you know has you know would would be especially in the last couple of of, of uh, since he became full CEO. Um, you know, uh, a lot of changes took place, and there was a, a very lovely video that was made from from San Francisco Pride, where Apple actually participated in a big way, and 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 he was there. And I think in many ways that was kind of like a, a first public confirmation of, of at least one thing. It's like you know, we we recognize that that there are a lot of gay employees at Apple, and it it fits in perfectly with our culture. That's 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 really what I the the, the aspect of it. He says that you know, I've noticed in the last couple of years and the way that they present WWDC that they're they're Apple as a company is recognizing an enormous demographic shift across the world that that if they pride themselves for by making technology for human beings, then they have to to, to make technology for all human beings, all parts of the world in all kind of different walks of life and aspects of life and, and perspectives in life. And, and they're having to. That's the only, Apple is really a truly, truly global and socially global company. That's what I found kind of very, very encouraging that if at, at WWDC, that, that when they had the video of saying, you know, I'm a developer and it wasn't just a bunch of, of geeky white boys, which had been the stereotype. It was people all over the world. World. And I think similarly, when you look at where all their growth and success is coming these days, a lot of it is is, is in China. You know, they, even they had great numbers in, in in Korea, so they're having to adapt and adopt. and And it's nice to see that that, especially given where they're seeing success in 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 in, in countries that are are you know. Uh, how do I say this delicately? You know, not as far along in the in the acceptance uh, process for for people who are of different orientations. It, I'm wondering if in the back of their mind they're like going, you know, is this a good time? Is it an okay time to do it? Can we do it now? Is this going to cause our things? And what he said very clearly is like, and, and has said it at, at other times, like at board meetings, like they don't make decisions based on what they think is good for the short term bottom line. That they are very very clear about what Apple makes makes Apple Apple. And that more than anything else is, is, is what made me very, very happy and, and, and consider it newsworthy. Uh, the, I think one of the best, strongest, you know, public announcements of, about, about the, the, the importance of, of all encompassing humanity in their business. There, I'll stop my speech now. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's cool. And you know, what should really happen now is everyone should just say, great. Um, nothing should happen. Yeah. And the world goes on, and that will be a sign uh, that is good. If anything else happens, then it's not. Yeah. Um, and I guess we're not helping that by speaking about it, but at the same time, it was in Business Week, so there we are. Yeah. So let, let's talk about something else that was called about Apple just for a moment, John. I was um, I had a phone call about twenty minutes ago uh, from Apple, um, and uh, they said Tim's out. 
Um, so would I like the, no, they just, <laughs> uh, they said, um, uh, I told, I, I've been, I don't know, John, I just get so much, I'll probably like you and everyone else. I get, I get a lot of email and I'm pretty good at reading my email and pretty good at staying on top of it. But there's sometimes you get something you say, yeah, I will deal with it. Uh-huh. Um, and then you don't. And I totally forgotten that my, um, Mac app store developer account, um, that I've got apps in there um expires tonight at uh at midnight um and therefore the apps in there would be removed um at that point and so uh, about an hour ago apple gave me a call and said was i aware this was going to happen you know was i aware was i planning on renewing and just a a nice friendly reminder um and i just thought that's cool service because i've obviously renewed in time before and didn't know they did that wow that is very nice of them See, Apple is just a humane company all around. Well, it was. It was very human. It was. I mean, obviously, it was. I'm, I'm on a list, and it came up as today's expiries and and whatever else. And I, I'm assuming they do it for everybody. And I wasn't special or anything. But uh, it's just another level of, you know, as soon as you involve a human being in anything, um, the costs of doing that are quite. Um, expensive so I mean it's 60 pounds for Mac App Store developer accounts um, in the UK so it's $99 isn't it in the US Um, so as soon as you're involving a human in that process that may potentially have to ring a person you're not going to be seeing much money left of that money for Apple if they're employing people just to do that Um, you know when you take on the App Store review process and everything else so it's you know it's not you know the, the developer program is definitely there um, to support developers in that, as opposed to as a, as a way of Apple making money by charging us ninety nine bucks. Mm. So I think that's just another proof, really. Yeah. So talking of developing, how's your developing week been? It's been good. So you know, along the theme of you know, is 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 John in a good mood or a bad mood? I'm in a happy mood. Uh, we've been cranking. We have a new version that we've been working on, and uh, this is uh, a, an attempt to to radically simplify many aspects of the app. And, you know, uh, knock on wood so far, I think that we're doing a pretty good job. We, we had some focus testers in and and we were like thinking, okay, we're really going to do it. We're going to bring in like dozens and dozens of people. And then, you know, some people at the company said, no, actually, you only need to about get four or five. If you get a bunch of, of strong signal from that, that's more than enough. You don't need to keep, you know, hammering on it. Um, and so some things that we thought were very, very simple weren't quite simple enough or, or it wasn't so much that it wasn't simple enough is that – it was interrupting the flow. And, and it's, again, another one of these cases where you just have to have rank outside beginners who have no vested interest and then to, to ask the questions that are so obvious to them and that you just gloss over. And this one was particular as like, you know, I can't kind of cover all the details, but it was basically like I've I've told you that I want to do something. Now just do it. You don't need to put kind of a confirmation screen or anything like that. Take me to or do the things that I've just asked you to do, and just accept that I that that's what I want. And we were a lot of times thinking that well, what happens if that's not exactly what they wanted? And and that's particularly true for things like search. Or, you know, when you're asking to to provide some content based on either the user's current geolocation or a location that they're searching for. And uh, so that was very, very interesting. And and speaking of search, uh, we've had some search 
uh, capabilities on our back end that we've never really exploited either on the web or on, or on Mac uh, on iOS. And uh, I just got some of that working and made something that, that I'm very proud of because it's so simple and it just works really well. And it's amazing to, to go through a body of content with this tool, finding stuff that you never had before. And, and the ability to make something very, very simple also then leads to new ideas. And uh, when you can, can do these types of things, um, it's very fun and, and even fun today. Not only am I happy because the world is a slightly better place um, and because we won and, t- and tomorrow is Halloween today, we were having an all-day um, hackathon. And uh, so we came together yesterday and we, we put down some ideas that we kind of talked about and split up in some teams. And I'm, I'm very happy and charged to go and, and work on something. Um, this is something that to, to build a little kind of app that may become functionality in Finder, it may become a standalone, maybe nothing will happen to it, but I'm scratching my itch today. I'm very pleased. How are you, Scotty? Oh, I'm not. I'm not, not sure that I like the sound of you scratching your itch for morning. Oh, Scotty. Um, it's, uh, it was my turn for the bad taste uh, statements this week. You had your day last week. <laughs> Yeah, I've been. Um, I've spent uh, a few days this week. It's very, very boring for everyone else in spreadsheets and budgeting and trying to work out. Um, and, and I'm just interested how many other developers do this. We're looking to possibly launch a new product um, or uh, pivot another product that that we have at Rem Objects, um, and you know, trying to there's an awful lot of work involved in saying, well, are we making the right choices? How can we prove this is okay? What are the costs going to be involved? Does anybody actually want this? Um, and so obviously I've spent a, a lot of the time this week doing numbers and what does that mean for us economically and how does that work and all the rest of it. But also been watching quite a few um, sort of conference sessions from business conferences and reading some books this week on, on things like traction and customer development and pricing Um all stuff that probably most of us should be doing, but um, and actually, it, the more you get into it, it is really quite interesting and fascinating. Maybe that's just because I'm strange and like that, and, and, and lots of people don't. But yeah, it, it just made me think that yeah, we're doing this because we have a a reasonable sized team on something. It's it's you know going to cost quite a lot of money to do stuff, um, and yet all of these principles should apply just to anyone who's going to even knock up a ninety nine cents app. Really, if, if you're planning on this becoming part of your income. Uh, or actually making any money from it, the type of conversations um, uh, or the type of discussions that I'm going through now should be there. And I, I'm just wondering how many app developers in the App Store actually do any of that. Do, or do they have uh, an idea and then just develop it? I watched a really, really good video actually on um, validating your idea um, about, uh, I don't think this video is public. I think it's in a paid space that I joined to be part of. So if it's not, I'll put a link to it. Otherwise, um, Oh, put a link to it anyway. If it's good content content, it deserves to be paid for. Oh, well, there we are because that's what we should all do is commit. Yeah. When we're all in the, uh, uh, the, um, licensing game, we should all do software piracy. It's the best way. Um, (laughs) someone's going to snip that and put it there somewhere. Uh, but just, uh, it was a story of how, um, uh, it was actually an online app, a, a web app, an email marketing app, actually. But how he um, basically just found, he said, before I'm going to write a line of code, I am going to find 10 people. Um, obviously, he wasn't talking about a 99 cents app here. I think it was more like a $99 a month app. But it's, you know, the point is still the same. I'm going to find 10 people who will tell me they will pay for this app. 
and it's only 10 i don't need more than 10 they will pay for this app because it fits the description and if i can't find 10 people who would tell me to pay, in fact i'd even ask them to write me a check right now that i won't cash till it's released but i'll you know they will pay me for this app if we do it because first of all that's helped when people will ask him questions about does it do this does it do that does it do whatever else which which shaped his ideas almost immediately before he'd even done anything about well actually what i was thinking is sort of not really fit with any of these people but they've come up with a lot of stuff that's pretty close so actually so before he even began it shaped it but then he he picked just two or three of them and purposely uh, develop the application at first for them not not doing really really specific details around their business or whatever else but he took these sort of um, the, these three customers I think it initially was uh, in fact I think he just took one customer number one and then he extended that to two or three and then eventually he took all ten and he developed the app around the things they were saying which meant when he finally got to launch the app which was longer than he expected um, he had, um, even though it wasn't a complete application yet, because obviously release one never is and you don't want to do that. The app he released, um, he said, achieved all the goals that he wanted the app to achieve. But it did almost nothing of what he would have made it do if he'd not gone through that process. Very, very interesting. Which I thought was, which I thought was really interesting. Because as a developer, he would have done what he thought was needed and would have totally missed his goals. Um, if he just sat down and written the app he thought he should write. Um, and I just found that really interesting. I would be very curious to know whether the stuff that he ended up working on were things that, that didn't give him, th th about which he wasn't passionate, right? You know, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, I think a lot of people write apps truly to, to scratch their own itch and they feel like, okay, well, if it, if it makes me happy, solves my problem, perhaps there'll be other people that do. And, and, and if it doesn't, at least I'll know that I'm working on something that I enjoy. The flip side of it is, and this kind of reminds me of something that, that Bill Gates once said, it's like at, at Comdex, the biggest PC, you know, PC era trade show ever, there was the, there was a power cut. And then there was this immense sound of the, the windows, whatever, 95 boot sound. And that like gave Bill Gates, like the the biggest smiles is because he said I've won, and it wasn't it wasn't in terms of yeah really it wasn't in terms of I'm so proud of this work it's and and look what it is it's just like everywhere we have it and I think it's a kind of a similar thing I wonder if if by virtue of having people using your app even if it's doing stuff that you couldn't care less about would be more stronger or equivalent to or whatever kind of make up if if for the fact that maybe you had to do things that you you really had no interest in interesting thought yeah i mean i think this depends where you're coming from because um are you passionate about writing some technology and some features or are you passionate about solving a problem ah. and i think if your passion is about solving a problem or making a life easier or removing pain for a certain segment of people businesses groups whatever it might be then what you need to do to achieve that becomes less important because your goal your satisfaction uh, be it whether it's scratching your own itch. And this product was, I mean, I can tell you the product. I mean, it's not a problem. It's um, it's a, a drip marketing campaign product called Drip, which is at getdrip.com. I'll put links in the show notes. Um, so it's about sending lifecycle emails as part of a, a, an onboarding process. So if you still did traditional Mac software with a 30-day trial, 
um, you grab an email address at the same time as the download and this is how you can send people tutorials and things over 30 days and set up those campaigns to all trigger but it's very much specifically designed uh, around onboarding as opposed to just being a generic newsletter emailing system like something like MailChimp so that's the product um, and I was watching it partly because that onboarding thing was the, the, the whole onboarding bit is, is and how he onboarded people to his product and the whole onboarding thing was something I was looking at um, so for him, it was about making that process of um, uh, getting people to engage with your product, getting people to um, use it during a trial, uh, making sure they had all the help they needed um, in a way that wasn't spammy, in a way that wasn't creepy, in a way that worked for them, um, was his goal. And to help others do that, he didn't really care whether he, he, you know, he didn't have an ambition to write a Ruby on Rails system or a Node system or something that had seven green buttons because he like he he wanted to solve that problem. Um, and what he didn't realize is when you started talking to a wider group of people than just him, uh, that problem was bigger or slightly different to how he viewed the problem. Um, and so he could weigh everything up to say, well, is this just their personal problem because of the way they do things? Or is this a genuine problem of part of the problem I'm trying to solve? So you still have to filter. It's not just take on board everything. Because at one point, I think actually his first customer um, or customer number one that he was working with for several months on, on, on making it said, you know, we, we reached the point of saying, the customer himself said, do you know what? I'm not actually your customer, I don't think, for this. Because actually I'm realizing we're now dealing with such specifics that are for me. Um, that that's not what you're trying to do. So I think you've got what you can from me. And and that's when he moved on to the next set. So there was filtering. It wasn't just blindly producing a custom system for, for customer number one. Um, but the very, you know, what it gave him um, was made everything slower, but it just gave him an, a better understanding of the problem he's going to solve. And his satisfaction was at the end of it, the product solves the problem that I wanted to solve. And the fact that the features in it are not the same feature list that I set out to do is irrelevant to me. Now, if he'd been passionate about a set of features, he would have been disappointed. You'd have been right. So I guess you have to ask yourself, where's your satisfaction coming from? Is your satisfaction from producing a certain piece of engineering or is your satisfaction from solving a certain problem? Excellent question to have to ask and, and, and find the answer to. Yes. So it's, uh, and I think he, I think we're moving on as an industry from, you know, I get an idea. So the first thing I do is file a new project. Um, but I don't think we've actually moved on that much yet. I think what we now do is we, the first thing we do is send an email to a designer. Hmm. Um, whereas actually, I think a lot of this, a lot of the reason that apps, don't make it especially i think probably bigger apps mac apps and whatever else is it's got nothing to do with are they well written do they look nice um are, are they well executed is the fact that they just don't solve a problem that anybody's got or the problem they solve is so specific the itch is so specific to the um the person who wrote it that it's not been done in a way that works for anybody else which you know, you know what we're like uh you know we all have our workflows and you know, uh, this this is where software pricing becomes absolutely stupid as far as I'm concerned because we will sit there and um and ah whether to spend, you know, $50 over on, on, a, on a Mac app, yeah? Uh, and the reality is 
to change our workflow will cost us far more than $50 because we have to, you know, it, it will make us less efficient for a little while. We have to change things we do, our whole uh, reflex muscle memory goes if we're doing certain things, our whole comfortableness goes, you know, and that can equate to, you know, that equates to a lot, lot more. The, you know, it shouldn't really matter if the, the software costs $500. It should be, you know, is the pain I'm going to go through by adopting this piece of software worth it for me um, to, 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 to do, to do this, uh, especially if it's business software. Um, and if it is, then, you know, that's where price becomes irrelevant. That's why if you're in the, um, the B2B world, you know, whatever, if you, if you sell software that's going towards business, I could tell you today, you could probably go out there for most developers, they could probably go out there and they could double their price tomorrow and it would not change their sales, sales numbers, their sales revenue. Yes, but their sales numbers at all. If they're solving problems for people because the cost of the software at $50 or $100 or $200 is absolutely irrelevant to, especially if, you, if you're selling multiple licenses, if you're, um, if you've got to train 10 people or get 10 people to change their workflow in a department to use your, um, you know, note taking system instead of the one they're using, you know, the cost of your software almost becomes irrelevant in that equation. It's why am I taking the software? Because it allows us to do this better and this better and this better and it improves this. And so we're prepared to take the pain. Um, and I think until developers look at the bigger picture about why they're producing their software, which many, many do, many, many do. Um, and, you know, they will spend, you know, however long it is up front sort of just validating their thoughts on an area, asking other people on an area before they sit down and now email the designer so a new file, new project. Yep. We're going to continue to see lots and lots of people who get disappointed and wonder why nobody buys their app and then they'll blame the Mac App Store or whatever for it when actually it's to do with the fact they didn't do their homework. So really what you should do is I'm going to make a product that that rewrites menu commands so that when you you launch Xcode and do project or whatever file new project, what it actually does is quits Xcode and launches Survey Monkey or something similar. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think that will be a good reminder. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's about especially when you're selling to business, and I think if you're trying to find an app idea right now, um, the uh, business to customer it, it's, it's unless you happen to have a really hit game or something it's a it's a dead market consumers you know cons uh, end consumer um, customers you know they're the ones who are demanding 99 cents or free and they're the ones who say I would have bought it if it was you know a dollar instead of 199 businesses don't most businesses don't do that that's why I was looking at um, an, uh, an open source discussion board um called discourse uh some stuff on it this afternoon um and it, it's totally open source um you can download it you can put it on your own server you can um you can you can run it it costs you nothing there's no no strings attached um but the company that sort of make do this open source they make their money by charging businesses 100 200 300 400 dollars a month to host it because you know, they don't want to go through the inconvenience of setting up a server and then having to monitor the server and then having to look after the server and look if it's looking out of space. Um, and so here's a company that produces free software and makes its entire living off just running it for people. Um, you know, and that's the sort of mindset you need to get into and sell to businesses as opposed to, 
oh, it's all about, you know, I need to get it down to $7 or no one's going to buy this thing. Um, you know, it, it's irrelevant. You, you say to a developer, uh, someone's paying $100 a month to host, um, you know, some open source free software. And because they've got the ability to set the skill, the, the server up and everything else, they think people are mad. But, you know, would they ever think of doing a business that way? But it's it's a very viable thing. And businesses have money to spend. And they will spend it on your software if you fix their problems. And that comes down to then convince them you can fix their problems or take their pain away. And that comes down to marketing. That comes down to your website. That comes down to um, uh, being able to uh, get the right message across, which is nothing to do with your code at all. Um, and uh, that's where the work has to go. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Now, I sound like I'm boring you now, John. No, 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 no. So... Um, there we are. And, uh, well, um, I've had my rant for, for today now. So um, have you got anything else or should we call it a day? I think we should call it a day. I think we should all get back to validating our ideas. I, I, I'm not bored at all about it. I think that we, we have to say this loud and often that uh, – and I like the way you put it, kind of like, you know, <laughs> we should do that product, product that, uh, you know, don't bother to write a line of code. It's not even just, you know, talking to a designer first. This is like, is this idea really – have you validated that? Have you put at least some minimum effort into it? Yeah. Right. Well, um, I'm going to get you to tell people where they can find you on the internet. And then I guess um, you have to go out with the rest of the mission in San Francisco. And how did you phrase it? Go burn shit. <laughs> no, it's already too late. All the stuff's already been burned. <laughs> but, uh, but the, but the, <laughs> oh, you were too late for the big San Francisco burning. No, well, so I mean, I actually, you know, I went out with my son yesterday. The, the, the game was over, I guess, around you know, nine, nine o'clock, something, nine fifteen. We stood in, stay in for a little bit. And then, you know, it was going on until I think three o'clock in the morning. And by the time, and, and, you know, I literally lived on the street where the it was kind of like the 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 where the the police had basically started to stop traffic for coming in because they, they everybody's on the street they didn't want cars in there and i i actually made it a point to, to, to chat with a couple of the of the police there and you could see that they were prepared and some of them were like uh, we have no idea what's going to go on but yes it's, it's pretty embarrassing but san francisco has this habit of 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 when we win it's like okay let's go burn things like really <laughs> but anyway so i but but the it's a sign of a civilized society john it is, but win a sport, win a sporting event, burn something. Well, at least the, the the best thing is that I, I I don't need to worry about taking any guff from you as the Brit. <laughs> so, <laughs> about, when did you last see the Brits burning anything? It's because we haven't won anything. Admittedly, <laughs> that's but. true. It's like when the French got you know all overexcited about their military victories or something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but anyway, but what I did do is it, it, this was a case where I really wanted to capture what was going on there. So I just did my usual thing of of letting the uh, the, the voice memos app run in the background while I took a couple of pictures. So anyway, uh, it will be interesting to play with that material. And it was fun to, to be able to, to, you know, I was there when people were were all in the celebratory mood, not in a we're drunk and let's, let's do stupid thing mood. But uh, as I am wont to do, you can you can see the stuff, my musings about the about the places in the world on Findery, where you can find me as John Fox. You should have a look. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Jembe, that's DJ E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. And my name is Scotty. You can find me on uh, Twitter as MacDevNet. My personal blog is at wafflewithmeaning.com. You can find the show notes for this show at ideveloper.co, where you can also sign up to receive them by email, should you wish to do so. John, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's, we're two days late because basically th moving the clocks by one hour 
is enough to confuse me um, into into doing. But actually, I think I'm going to blame you now because actually, you burnt your watch after the victory. You burnt your watch. That's it, it, well, it, it was cheap and it melted the little swatch, which was also my personal yeah. excuse to get the the most expensive titanium plutonium it, rare rare raritonium uh, eye watch when it's available for sale. There we are. That's. Um, that's uh i look forward to stealing it from you um okay <laughs> all right it's been great john thank you very much everyone for listening um we'll be back sometime next week and uh, until next time you take care Thank you.